Hi, welcome to episode three of Beyond the Binding. I'm Tiff. Hi, I'm Monica. And we're here to talk to you about something we love. Books. <laughs> uh, in the past couple of episodes, we've talked to you about uh, everything from books that we've really loved to books that we really, really didn't like. And um, today, we are intending to bring you some books that we were okay with. We don't necessarily super love them, but we also don't hate them and have some interesting insights into them. Um, my book today is going to be called Suicide Notes uh, by Michael Thomas Ford. So we got to start off with trigger warnings because my book is fraught with them. And uh, I don't want anybody to read them not knowing ahead of time what they're getting into. Because I would like people to be able to read this book. I feel like it has some good messages. So first of all, my trigger warnings would be use of the word and I apologize for saying it, but the word fag is used a lot. Uh, talk of suicide, sexual assault, drug abuse, eating disorders. It takes place in a mental institution. If any of that is triggering for you in any way, this book is not for you. If medication talk, if any kind of therapeutic process uh, is triggering, it's not a good book for you because it, it is literally all that. Um, to start off, I'd like to say it's first person. Oh, it okay. is a young adult novel. Okay. But it is easy to read. It does not feel rough or, uh, inaccessible. Yeah. It feels like you can put yourself in the character's shoes. Okay. Okay. The main character. Relatable. Yes. Relatable. Also, when it opens, you don't know whether the character is a male or a female. Well, and it's always good to have something that's relatively easy to read when you're going into YA, because a lot of teenagers are not really interested in reading, um, and being able to have that like more accessible, more relatable book mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier to get them actually interested and keep them Engaged. hooked on it. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I will say about it is it deals with a topic that not a lot of books or people talk about, especially in the public eye. I've written so many papers on the topic of suicide uh, contagion and the idea that talking about suicide is going to create further suicides, which is studies show that in closed circumstances with young, young people talking about suicide, it actually does spread. It happened. The occurrences go up, but I feel like it's because there isn't really a lot of awareness out there of what you can do to get yourself help when you feel like nothing is going to go for you. Okay, so the main main character, his name is Jeff. He, the book starts off because he's in a mental institution. He wakes up after trying to kill himself, but he doesn't admit that he tried to kill himself. He is a 15-year-old boy, and he is very obstinate. He's like, I don't belong here. This was a mistake. I didn't mean it. I'm over it. I want right, to go home. It was home. an accident, obviously. Yeah. I just need to go home. Let me just go home. The cool thing about the format for this book is that every chapter is a day that he spends in the hospital. So he's on a 45-day program in this hospital, and they're really short chapters. Some of them are only a couple of pages. Um, is it kind of written maybe like a journaling type situation? Kind of. Like, okay. he's just, it, yeah, it kind of reflects, like, every day is a a recap of what happened to him that day. He doesn't talk to the audience as if there is a reader. It's very much this happened. It was really weird. I don't know how to deal with it. Or 
So as if is it as if maybe they have asked him to journal? Kind of, but definitely but not. not. Okay. Because you find out pretty pretty quick that he does not give a flying fuck what anybody in this hospital has to say about anything. For the first half of the book, he is just as snarky and shitty and stubborn and crappy as any 15-year-old teenage boy can be. Wow, I'm having flashbacks to high school. Okay. Yes, it was it was very much like me in high school. Yeah, me in yeah. high school too, so, for that matter. I think we were all like that at 15, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. Like the doctors are like, you gotta do this, you gotta tell me about this, and they find tidbits of him throughout his behaviors. Just, he gives the most absurd answers to questions. He refuses to, you get some kind of like insights into his life, into what led up to him actually trying to kill himself by the way he lies or the way he refuses to answer questions or he omits things or he kind of skirts around and you see him get uncomfortable in those situations and it's like oh okay well obviously he's got something about talking about sex because the first time he's asked if he's like sexually active by the nurses like the right when he wakes up he is shuts down he's like nope we're not talking about that i'm not talking about that to you that's not information you need to know which is also like a privacy thing. I don't know why we have to tell every medical person that we talk to if we're sexually active. You know what I really like is when you go in there and they're like, when was your last period? And I'm like, why is that relevant? It's because they want, yeah. Because they, you want to know if I might be pregnant. Why can't I just tell you no? Yeah, that's... Because I know whether or not I might be. And I know the answer's no. <laughs> so I'm just, I think I'm just going to start telling those people, like, I'm, I'm not pregnant, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I think in this instance... He's a 15-year-old in a mental hospital. They're trying to figure out... They're really trying to suss out right. why he did what he did. And none of the... not You know, like in most uh, young adult novels, the adults are kind of just fucking dumb. Just, like, clueless beyond... Well, they kind of have to be, yeah. or else you can't have, like, the things going on that go on. Because if there was an adult that was in the know and actually intelligent and capable of stopping these things from happening... Yes. You don't have a story. That is not the case in this book. He doesn't have a shitty home life. He doesn't have a terrible, like, family situation. His sister's really great. All of the doctors are really, like, trying their best. There's nobody that's really nefarious. There's, like, one security guard that's just a giant jackass. But he very, like, very minimal role in this whole entire book. So Jeff finds it hard to, like, connect to any of the people because, in his words... I'm not crazy, and I'm in this place with a bunch of crazy people. He is of the very firm belief that every other kid, because he's in the pediatric psychology, he's in the pediatric psych ward. Um, Every other kid there, they're crazy. Jeff, not crazy. No. It was just a mistake. Not him. Not him, obviously. He goes to his first group session, like the third day he's there, and he finds out one of the girls was being assaulted by her mom's boyfriend so she lit him on fire and in the process oh, good burned herself. For her. Yeah. I'm so proud. She winds up going crazy and gets taken away. I mean, I can't say I blame her for going crazy, but no. I mean, but you find good out for her. You find out that kind of stuff happens a lot where kids are just like in and out because there's it's a 45-day program, but there's also other kids that need to could get into the program. Um, but she gets transferred to a long-term facility because there's she needs a lot more help than what she's able to get in a 45-day program. But um, there's another girl, uh, Juliet, who is obsessed with another character, Bone. 
and says that he's her boyfriend and they're in a band. This is the first interaction that Jeff ever has with her. And Bones just like staring at his shoes the whole time. He's covered in tattoos. Jeff just thinks everybody's crazy. And uh, he's like picking on Juliet like, which one are you? Are you sex or violence? Because she said they were like, sex and violence was the name of their band. And then mm-hmm. Bone is like, she's not my girlfriend and we're not in a band. And it's like, what's up with her? But you don't really find out right at first. And then there's a girl called Sadie. She is another person who tried to kill herself. She, she drowned herself and she was saved. And then Bone, you you don't find out. You get an idea of what his thing was before he leaves because uh, you know, it's a short term program so kids are going in and out. So the one girl gets taken away <clears throat> and they replace her with a guy uh, and his name is Rankin. Rankin? I can't figure out exact Weird pronunciation. Name, but He's, okay. Jeff's like, he's a jock. He looks like a jock. He looks like a guy that plays football. He looks like he has literally no brain cells bouncing around there. Only a football. Like, he gives the very strong feeling like, this is a big dude. He doesn't give a shit about anybody. He's, he's one of those. big, dumb jock. Yeah, basically. So, that's all. It is what it is. He's just kind of like observant but doesn't really put himself into the situation where healing can take place. This is where we kind of start turning the curve and finding out a little bit more about Jeff. Jeff has a best friend. Her name is Allie. Allie got a boyfriend. So the whole like first big chunk of the book, you think that Jeff tried to kill himself over something that happened between him and Allie because you find out that She's his best friend in the whole world, even though it's weird that a girl and a guy are best friends and they're not dating. And he's telling everybody that they dated or they were dating and that they had a fight. And then she never called to ask how he was doing after he killed himself. After he attempted to kill himself? Yes. Yes. Attempted to kill himself. He didn't actually kill himself. I was like, don't tell me you just ruined the end of the book before we even got there. No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, I just Freudian slipped my I had, dumbass. I had a whole like flashback to impulse, uh, where like the kid tries to kill himself and then in the end actually does kill himself. Yeah, yeah. no, that doesn't yeah. happen. Okay, for Jeff. So Jeff is like, kind of like hung up on Allie. Allie is his best friend. He's like, should I write her a note, like a letter? Because uh, Sadie, he catches writing notes to Sam, which was the guy who saved her, pulled her out of the lake. She writes letters to him, but he never does. He never writes Allie any letters, and you're like, why wouldn't you if this person is this important to you? But he winds up making friends with Sadie before anybody else. He can't sleep at night because they take him off of the pills that they put you on. Because when you first come to the ward, you know, they give you a whole bunch of medication to kind of make you calm and whatever. So you're able to adjust to the fact that you're in a psych ward and not at home. And it just is like a sedative, basically. And they call it like the yeah, happy you know, pills. We, we got to trank people. It's, yeah. It's fine. Um, but they get taken off of it relatively quickly. He's off within three or four days. And then he's ha- he has trouble sleeping at night because, you know, he's not being forced to sleep through these meds. And he goes to, like, the common area where the TV is. And Sadie's, like, laying on the couch watching old movies, like an old black and white movie. But there's no sound on it. And he's like, she really is crazy. Like, this is insane. But he goes and he sits on the couch next to her anyway. Yeah, yeah. Super insane to be watching TV with no sound. Goodness <laughs> yeah. gracious. So, Super crazy. It's everything. is. He's just it's, really... As far as he's concerned, yes. everybody if there is crazy no matter what they do. If they're breathing... They're crazy. crazy. Yes, basically. Everybody except for him. This I got it. I got you, Jeff. This is a constant theme. I got you, Jeff. So Sadie's laying on the couch, and she's just watching these silent movies, and he realizes that she is talking 
each of the parts. She intentionally turns, it's actually kind of funny. She intentionally oh, she... turns down the movie all the way to zero and then makes, makes up. up stories. Oh my god, I love when people do yeah. that. That's so much fun. And they're funny, and he starts joining in with her. As well he should. Yes. He needs to have some fun instead of thinking everybody's crazy. Right. And so they start bonding. And they, like, you kind of see that they start to form a friendship, and then they get kind of flirty, and then at one point winds up holding her hand while they're watching the movie, which they're not supposed to have any contact with each other um, on the ward or be in each other's rooms. Um the night nurse comes over and she goes, okay, guys, you got to go to bed. It's really late. And so Jeff gets up and he's like, like he like sneakily takes his hand away and he's like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. I'm tired anyways. And he walks off and then Sadie like runs up and gives him a kiss and then runs to her room. Well, later that night he can't sleep. So he sneaks down the hallway into her room and they start fooling around and like he grabs her boob and she's like into it because she's into him. And then he can't, he can't perform. He can't get it up. Mm. And he's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And he just leaves. And he's all embarrassed about it. But the next day when he goes to talk to Sadie, she's like, it's fine. It's fine. Because she was telling him, like, you can pretend I'm Allie. Like, it's really self-depreciating for her. You can tell that she doesn't have high, like, a high esteem. self-esteem. Yeah. Right? And that should be foreshadowing for things that happen, late, like, later in the book. But... She, so is his problem the fact that he's attracted to boys? Is that why there's the um, the big dumb the, jock and the and the uh, queer slur? In yes. There? The, well, he also talks about how because he was friends with a girl, and he would play with uh, his sister had like a Barbie mannequin doll that you could do its hair and makeup, and he would play with his little sister. And kids at school found out, and they used they that slur against that. him. Yeah. And so he buried it in the backyard because he didn't want to be known by that. And then. But okay, so we're into yes. boys. Yeah, so okay, you okay. find out literally the next hey, night. At least one of us is into boys. Good for him. Yeah, so the, <laughs> ne- the next night he wakes up because he has to pee in the middle of the night. And he goes to the bathroom. And obviously there's only two boys on the ward at this point because Bone has gone home. It's him and the big dumb drunk. It's him and Rankin. And so he goes into pee and he hears like he hears the shower running. And he's like, well, that has to be Rankin. Rankin's the only other boy on the ward. And then he hears, like, weird moaning, and he goes to check on it because, from his perspective, he's like, I'm worried that something's wrong with him. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. But he gets over, and because it's, like, you know, it's a curtain. It's not a door. And they're no, not designed no. to close all the way. And he says, he makes a comment about how they sent, they, te- they tend to shrink with the heat of the water. And so he, like, goes over, and he sees Rankin. And Rankin is pleasuring himself. Okay, yeah, I kind of figured Rankin that's where makes we were going. eye contact with Jeff. Oh, awkward! And doesn't stop. Oh, okay. He Definitely finishes not as awkward. while making Never con- mind. eye that's, contact. That, I mean, it's slightly awkward, but it's, not entirely awkward. Jeff is mortified, and he's like, "I, mean, I gotta that's get out of here." Internalized homophobia, right there. He he's just like, I he it. I mean, I'll explain because it's not homophobia. He oh. just doesn't. I he's mean, embarrassed. Like, I was going to say, and I just kind of figured he had some anyway because of the whole, like, burying the thing. But no, I think for... it's more like he was young when that, he was, like, younger when that happened. That's and so fair. it was this idea of. That's fair. I'm being picked on, so I'm That's just going to get rid of it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that whole situation's very awkward. Like, yeah. I mean, I But, would... like, making eye contact yeah, with the dude yeah, as he comes, and he's just, it, yeah, it's very he awkward. He literally, it's like, awkward. had an orgasm. I could, I could see that being, like, very awkward and very uncomfortable and. Yeah, so. You know. He, like, skedaddles out of there as fast as he can he goes to bed the next day Rankin acts like it's not a big deal nothing happened no big deal he's like 
whatever, doesn't even, like, make a comment about it. Except for they have to have, like, a pair activity and uh, Jeff's question, because they, they were supposed to, like, pull questions out of a basket and answer the question that they got to their partner. And so uh, Rankin, like, makes a joke about, like, what do you, what do you fantasize about? He makes a joke about masturbation. And then Jeff's like, I don't, what was your real question? And so Rankin actually asks his real question after making kind of like a little stupid snarky-ish comment. Because, you know, they're teenage boys. Yeah, as they do. And then uh, Jeff, Jeff's like, what's your most embarrassing, what's the most embarrassing that's ever happened to you or you've ever done? And he's like, you know the answer to that. Like, he he's like upset because he, he is embarrassed by the fact that he made eye contact with this boy and he didn't stop and he was interested in some way. Like, he couldn't not look kind of thing. He had the opportunity to turn around and walk away and as he was thinking about doing it is when the eye contact was made. So, they have that, like, little whatever and then the rest of it kind of plays off and Jeff goes to bed because it's bedtime and he wakes up feeling like somebody's in bed with him and he thinks it's Sadie. He feels skin on his skin. And he thinks it's Sadie because they had been messing around just the night previously. Right, so it would make kind of more sense for her to come and... Yeah, come yeah. back and try to Except continue. it's not her, it's the boy, huh? It's Rankin laying in his bed with him. No. And this is where, like, the sexual assault, like, no. ideas come in. That's not... He's laying in bed with Jeff, stroking okay. him. That's not okay. And then he tells, like, he's kissing on Jeff's neck. Like, Jeff was asleep. He yeah, woke up nope. mm-mm, mm-mm, to being mm-mm. stroked. Bad touch, bad touch. Yeah, except red flags, for red flags. Rankin says, you can touch me too, and Jeff reaches out and, like, they mutual masturbate each other. Okay. Okay, and... But it's still and Jeff's not like, great. Jeff, like, the whole time he's like, I want to tell him to go, I want to tell him to leave, but also I don't. Okay. And I don't understand. Like, he's confused. And struggling with yes. it. Yes. And so then... That happens, and he's like, I gotta see my parents today. I absolutely have to shower. It's like, because he tells Sadie, he go, actually, he wakes up, he talks to Sadie. He's like, I fooled around with Rankin. And she's like, That's not a big deal. Boys do that all the time. Girls do it all the time. It's not a big deal. Like, she just blows it all off. He's like, This is a big secret. And she's just. Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. She's uh, like, good to he's know. like, this is a big secret. And she's like, that's not a secret at all. There's other secrets. And he's like, Th- that's a big secret for me. And like, like to him, that's a big secret. And to her, yeah. she's like, that's she's like, whatever. whatever people like, do. She was like, like I, would, I mess around with people all the time. She was like, you don't kiss, like, boys kiss boys when they try things out like girls do. And he's like, no, I don't think they do. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, they do. If I, if I could go farther with a girl I would but I haven't found one that I like it you and, know, it, and it's, it's like just, it's like girl that's yeah not, it's that's like sexual great behavior no just FYI but it's fine but it's sexual it's fluidity fine, yeah nothing wrong with that right so but not everybody's that way but he's like taken aback by it and uh so he's like uh, I'm gonna see my parents because they come once a week to do like group therapy and he goes to the shower and he's like why does this keep happening to me? Because Rankin is in the shower, shower again? with the, the water's running because they're on the fourth floor and it takes a while for the wa- the hot water to come up. And he's just got a towel around his his waist. And and like Jeff close like comes into the bathroom and he's just like look looking at him. And Rankin like nods his head towards the shower, takes the towel off, and gets in the shower. Like yeah, like, like hey, join me. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so. Jeff joins him and he's like, I don't know why I did it, but I did it because I felt like I really couldn't say no, but also I didn't really want to say no, but like I kind of wanted to say no. Like he's very confused and he gets in the shower and they're like rubbing up on each other and Rankin's like kissing at him and then he pushes Jeff down on his knees and he's like, you know, you want to. That's 
Ow. And, and I'm just imagining Jeff is like hitting tile and tile, and I'm like, ow, ow. Yeah, and Jeff is I'm like, so and now I'm like face to face with a man's penis, and I've never been in this p- situation before, and I'm kind of like, I don't want to be here, but like at the same time, like I'm kind of curious what it would taste like, and so he blows him. Okay. And then he stands up and rank it. He thinks that it's going to be reciprocated because oh. it was reciprocated in mm-hmm. the bed. Yeah, no, they that both makes sense. So like, orgasms. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't he come? And yeah, except Rankin it, is just it like, wasn't. Yeah, Rankin's like, you should probably get in your own shower before anybody comes out. So it wasn't reciprocated, and Jeff's like, what the fuck is happening? So he goes, and he just, like, stands in the cold water, because he's really, like, he's... Baby's it, first foray into men. Yeah, so he was taking a shower to try and feel a little bit cleaner to see his parents after oh. So, like, yeah. So he goes and he ta- talks to his parents, and, like, those instances aren't bad. Things... Good. Like things with he's seeing his therapist every uh, every day or yeah every day and you can tell that it's getting better he's starting to open up more even though he like he thinks he's tricking his therapist but really progress is being made mm-hmm. he's learning things about himself um, so a little bit farther forward uh, Sadie has a moment where she's like first of no Sadie has a moment where she's like nobody talks about anything to each other it's all like surface level bullshit nobody's honest and she's like trying to get Jeff to just tell her something about his life and so he tells her like I fooled around with Rankin again and she's like that's not a secret but she doesn't give him anything and you can tell something's off because it's not her typical behavior she doesn't want to watch the movie she doesn't want to like hang out with him in that way and so they go to bed and he wakes up in the middle of the night to Rankin in his bedroom pulling his underwear down and trying to penetrate him. Jesus. It is really, it is really um, predatory the way that their sexual encounters happen. And Jeff is like, I don't want to stop it, but I kind of want to stop it. Kind of like every other encounter. But then like, like Rankin is almost there, right? Like almost about to, like he's been prodding at him at, at this point. I'm trying to say this gently without being gross. He is like knocking on the asshole door. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that that was any better. It wasn't. I can't. I can't make it better than. I. I am sorry. This is not as sensitive as it should be. But then a really loud scream comes off. Oh. Uh. After Rankin or no? After uh, the one girl gets taken to like the big kid mental institution uh they get a girl a young girl named martha who witnessed her father kill her mother and then kill himself so she's silent oh. she has said maybe one word the whole baby. time and it's been to jeff mm-hmm. so they as they're playing like not playing but as they're it, like this, fooling this their thing going on. they hear a loud scream go out into the air and then the door to jeff's room gets pushed open and it's a nurse and one of the like orderlies and they are like pull your pants up Rankin or pull your underwear up Jeff and like get out of here Rankin basically and then Jeff's like am I in trouble and the nurse is like you'll have to talk to doctor he calls his doctor Dr. Cat Poop his Dr. name Poop. his okay. name is not Cat Poop it's like it starts with a k and it's really long and hard to say but he calls him Cat Poop uh Cat Srupus. um I like Cat Poop better. yeah so he calls him Dr. Cat Poop but uh she says you'll see Dr. Katsrupus in the morning. And so he goes the next and he's like, What's wrong? What was that scream? And uh the nurse says, uh, Martha had a bad dream. It's Poor fine. Baby. And so 
Jeff's like, okay. So he goes to see Dr. Cat Poop the next day. And Jesus Christ, I lost my thought. He goes to see Dr. Cat Poop the next day. Oh, and he finds out, like, Dr. Cat Poop is like, did you want to do this? Uh, did did you initiate it? Was it consensual? This is against the rules here. This could get you kicked out. You're not supposed to be intimate with people. Blah, 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 blah. And so Jeff's like, I didn't ask for it. He initiated it every time. I didn't know how I felt about it. All this thing. He thinks he's going to get kicked out of the program, which, like, up until this point has been all he's been trying to do is get sent home. He wants to go home. Yeah, but now. the perfect opportunity to now get out. Now that it's like, they might kick him out. He's like, I don't think I want to get kicked out. Like, I, like, he's starting to realize that he kind of likes the situation that he's in. Rankin winds up getting kicked out of the program. You find out because that's not supposed to be happening. And he is, uh, Jeff calls him one of those people who does something and then projects his feelings onto, like, his behaviors onto another person and, and makes them. So Rankin is the one that uses the term, the the sexual slur. Rankin is the, the one that. The sexual slur. The sexual slur. What's the word? Queer. Yeah, the queer slur. Thank you. Rankin is the one say. calling Jeff names. Yes. And he says he isn't. This is just what guys do. Which is not true. I but his dad... don't think that's what dudes do. You, I could be wrong. I, I mean, like, I think that's what dudes who are interested in dudes do. Yeah. Well, And I think that's great. Good for them. Fine. As long as everything's consensual. Yeah. So Rankin does open up at one point and he goes, I'm just a jock, but I don't want to play football anymore. And my dad doesn't like that because all my dad thinks I'm good for is playing football. And he sent me here to see if I could be fixed. And Jeff's like fixed because you don't want to play football and you get like this idea that maybe this is all before the sexual stuff happens you're like maybe it's because uh, his dad's a homophobe and something like that is happening um you know kind of turns out that's probably actually the truth but Rankin gets sent home and he finds out from Dr. Cat Poop that Martha screamed because she found Sadie dead holy shit in her room and the only reason you find out what Martha had gone through and why it's Trump, because Martha stopped talking again, right. is because Martha had seen her dead. You find that out from the asshole custodian, like, orderly guy. Yeah, because there's always one. Yeah. Just the the only bad guy in the whole thing. Um, well, there had to be a bad guy in there yeah. somewhere. He's I not mean, really bad. He's just not... There had to be yeah. a douchebag in there somewhere. Yeah. So, Jeff, like, kind of spirals, because Sadie's, like, he's made friends with the other people, but Sadie was, like, his best friend in there. And... Uh, he starts, he loses, he breaks down, which is the first time he cries. It's the first time he, like, shows any kind of emotion to Dr. Cat Poop. And then Dr. Cat Poop, like, comforts him, whatever. It become he becomes more able to kind of, like, express himself. And he winds up admitting openly to his doctor that he's gay and that he needs help telling his parents. And you find out why he tried to kill himself. So turns out Allie, his best friend, was dating... A guy. I cannot remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I will try to look it up while still talking. Um, he, he, Allie was dating a guy, and the guy was somebody that Jeff had a crush on. Oh, Allie, you bitch! But Allie didn't know, because oh. Allie didn't know about Jeff. Okay, fine. I guess we'll forgive her. But, I mean, that's seriously, seriously messed up. You do not date people that your best friend has a crush on people. Right. It's messed up. Yes. Messed up. It's against the friend code, period. It really is. I don't think it really matters what the guy's name is. It doesn't, but no, I'm... God, God damn. We're just gonna call him Fred. 
It's some weird name. That's why I kind of wanted to, like, acknowledge it. But anyways. We'll call um, him Fred. Sure, Fred. So Ellie's dating Fred. Uh, Jeff gets, like, super jealous. He it openly admits that he has a crush on Fred. Uh, and Allie has like they're really happy together and he's like not he's jealous and he's like it's weird that i'm not jealous that i'm not hanging out with Allie. i'm jealous of ellie's relationship with fred because i want that to be me not with Allie, with him yeah and so they are it's like before christmas they all go to a big party they get really shit face drunk and uh jeff is in the bathroom because he had to he thought he was gonna puke but he didn't puke and so he We've stands up. There. Yeah. And Fred comes in and he's like, hey, hey, man, are you almost done? And Jeff's like, yeah, yeah whatever. And Fred was like, I got to pee. And so he just like walks over and he pees without like Jeff leaving. And then okay. Jeff can't take his eyes That's off a, the dick. The, yeah, because there's a dick. Yeah. And it's a dude he's attracted to. And so Jeff's like kind of hoping that Fred doesn't like, you know, get all offended or whatever, but Fred's really drunk also probably, so he just doesn't really seem Yeah, he probably it. doesn't even realize it's happening, honestly. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even think anything about it. So Jeff thinks that Fred, because Fred kind of lingers after he pees, and Jeff thinks that Fred's gonna like, confess his love for him, and Aww. instead Fred's like, I don't know what to get Ellie for Christmas, can you help me? And Jeff's like, oh, yeah, sure, we can go shopping together and I can help you. And he's like, what kind of guy? Like, this is Jeff's internal thoughts, thinking, like, what kind of guy offers to go shopping with another guy? But then he's thinking, I have a date with him. Granted, it's not the kind of date that I want, but I have a date with him. And then he's very drunk, and he goes in to kiss Fred. And Fred's like, whoa, 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 I'm not into that. And then Jeff pukes all over himself. Oh, God. After Fred leaves, he then cleans up. Like, Fred says, I'm not into that. He leaves. Jeff pukes all over himself in the floor. He cleans it up, but realizes his clothes are really still dirty. And then he leaves the party and he goes home. Allie calls him the next day and is pissed. Not necessarily that he tried to kiss her boyfriend, but that he was gay and he never told her. And she felt betrayed that he never felt like they had been friends since childhood. She felt betrayed that he couldn't, didn't tell her the truth. Okay, but... She's not entitled to that? She's not. Ever? First of all, she needs to sit down somewhere. First of all, you out there dating my man's man. Okay? I don't care that he's straight. You still don't date your man's man. No. All right? You ignore Mm -hmm. that guy, and then you, like, commiserate the fact that he's straight. I don't care that you didn't know. (laughs) You don't do it. Somehow you're supposed to just know. If you're that good of best friends. And then you don't, like, sit out there and be pissed off at people for not telling you their sexuality. They can tell you when they want to tell you, even if they never want to tell you. I don't care how close you are. I don't care how long you've been friends. I don't give a shit about any of that. Sit your ass down somewhere. I love how this whole little rant happened in your pride shirt. It did happen in my pride shirt. (laughs) Anyways. Fuck the straight people. (laughs) Fuck us. No, I'm not straight. I can't say that. Why did you say that? I don't know why. I was going to say fuck us straight people because I'm in a straight marriage, like a heterosexual marriage, but I am not heterosexual as I'm sitting in front of my bisexual pins that are right here. I really like that. And I butterfly. Us, us. And I'm like, what, what straight people do you know? My husband. <laughs> He's very confused. I don't know what happened. Um, anyways, uh... Anyway, now that we said, fuck the straight people. Fuck the straight people. No offense to no the No offense straight to the people. straight people. Eh. Um, uh, maybe. <laughs> Some depends, offense. Depends on the depends straight on people. Depends on the straight people. Yeah. Um, anyways, so because, you know, the kiss thing happened, like, 
a little bit before Christmas. Jeff's like really distraught. Allie calls him after Christmas and he says, Merry Christmas. Like, I hope you had a good time, whatever. And then she berates him. So it's not much time between when Allie calls and New Year's and or New Year's Eve. So Jeff gets it in his idea that he wants to go out like he wants to get drunk uh, and, and die as everybody is like uh, celebrating the incoming of the new year. So like while they're celebrating the birth of the new year, he wants to be celebrating his own death. And he's like, it's poetic. Yeah. Kind of. He was like, except I'm not going to New York city. I'm just going to watch on TV. So he drinks. Oh my God. I wish I had written it down. He drinks a specific liquor because he watched a book or he read a story about someone who he drank. watched a book. He watched a book. Listen, he watched a book. Or it read is a story. 3 a.m. Uh, he, he is it? <laughs> yes. He read oh, a story shit. about, a guy that drank like 21 uh, glasses of a specific kind of liquor. I think it was whiskey and he died of alcohol poisoning, poisoning after his 21st one. And he thinks he says to himself, I always wondered what the bar bartender's perspective was. Cause the dude did this at a bar. And if he had the 22nd glass poured already, when the dude drank the 21st one and then knocked he out, did he drink the 21st, 22nd glass? So like, this kid is so strange, but he is very yes. strange. But teenagers are strange. Yeah. We're sh- we were strange people. And he's a lightweight. He's only fifteen. He drank three glasses and was like, "Yeah, if I was fine." So then he slid his wrists. So, but he was like, "It didn't hurt. It felt good. It felt like all the pain that I had felt was like going away, and like, I the, like my wrists were bloody, but I was able to cut the second one." So he slit both of his wrists, and his parents found him on his bedroom floor, and. He almost fully died. He was very close to the edge. And then his mom and dad, like his dad, like tourniquet his wrists and they called 911. And obviously he was saved because he was in the hospital when he woke up at the beginning of the book. Uh, And the whole point was that he didn't feel like he could tell anybody that he was gay. And he felt like he wasn't going to be accepted. And he just didn't think he had a way out because of how he felt. And so the end of the book is really him uh, saying telling his parents that he's gay by telling his sister. He he couldn't figure out how to tell his parents. They kept, like, derailing him trying. He t- he practices with his uh, doctor for, like, four hours. And, and then when it comes time, like, the next day to tell his parents, he can't figure out how to get it out because they're talking about, like, his mom is talking about, oh, we redid the curtains in your room because she's trying to make him feel like there's not going to be any of these terrible memories of him trying to kill himself in his room. Like, she's doing her best. Yeah, she's she's trying. And uh, his dad's like, he doesn't care about the curtains. And, like, they're, like, bickering. And he's like, something must have happened this morning that they're upset with each other. And it just kind of threw off his plans. So he just, like... I contacts his sister Amanda and he's like how would you feel about having a gay brother and she was like I wouldn't mind why and he was like because well, you have one. a gay brother <laughs> and she was like okay and then she tries to break the tension because they have to go through like the discussion her you know her parent his parents need to go through the discussion with him to make sure like they all understand because his mom's like you're too young to know what your sexuality is and his doctor's like not really and he's like not really because I am and it's like okay and then they're all accepting in the end everything's fine but the sister the doctor finds out that Amanda and Jeff have the same sense of like the same way of dealing with things like you can very much tell that they're siblings because she's like if you try it again I get your room like she's like (laughs) like very and then he goes to her after he hugs her and he whispers in her ear he's like if i try it if if i try it again it's gonna be in your room like like they're just very sarcastic Uh, with each other very cope like sarcastic coping mechanisms mechanisms, right it's great uh how it ends is 
good because you feel like he's going home and he's actually healed. And he says, like, out loud, I want to continue therapy with Dr. He, Cat Poop. Cat's Ruppus is what he calls it. He calls him by his real name by the end of the <gasps> book. He stops calling him Cat Poop. Oh, that is that it's is gross. a mark of respect yeah. uh, from a teenager, to be honest with it you. It is. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really good book. I really enjoyed it. I did spoil the hell out of it, but I eh, feel well. like it's worth reading. It, I did not say everything. There are some nuances in there. There is hotline. There, like, the back of the book has... Uh, the Trevor Project. Oh, good. Uh, information. The, so The texting and the chat. Yes. All of that. Good, good, good. Um, talking about the issues, like what to do if you need to talk to somebody. So it does have like awareness situations in it. Um, and it also has notes from the author. So <clears throat> he explains like how he, when he was growing up, there was not a lot of openly like uh, LGBTQ people. Um, and they weren't talked about in young adult novels, if at all, <clears throat> in a good light. And so he answers questions about if he tried to kill himself to see if it's like, you know, they asked if it was a, like a first person, like, oh, I've been through this. He hasn't. Uh, he asked if he ever spent, they asked if he ever spent time in a psych ward and he said, or go to therapy. And he says he did not spend time in a psych ward, but he did spend several therapy Several years in therapy with a psychiatrist as an adult. Um, and Dr. Cat Poop is very similar to the doctor he used to see. Uh, it says, how much of what happens to Jeff is based on your own experience. He said he didn't attempt suicide um, or spend time in a psych ward, but uh, the incident that causes Jeff to do what he does is based on something that happened to him. Oh, poor so, guy. Um, he went to a Christian college where being out uh, oh. an out gay person oh, was no. not an option. Oh, so. No. Uh, he developed a close friendship with a girl, which he assumed meant they were dating, and he couldn't figure out how to tell her that that wasn't really the case. And the bigger problem was that he was infatuated with one of her best friends, who was a boy, and they all spent a lot of time together. So it's very similar to, like, reading mm-hmm. that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, he did not ever tell his crush, though. So, unlike Jeff, he didn't, co- he, he wasn't brave enough. Um, then they, you know, they ask him what you think happens when Jeff sees Ellie again. And uh, he says that people want a sequel, but he says he'll never write the sequel because people strongly relate to Jeff and he wants people to come up with their own, like what happens after. Um, Then they ask, why did you have to kill Sadie? And he said, I know, I know. And I'm sorry. I love her too. She's probably my favorite character. Um, But it was also the most fun to write her because she's so Sadie. So like, yeah, it had to happen, but he feels bad about it too um the thing that i wanted to talk about that i brought up last podcast Uh is discussion questions i'm all locked and loaded so this book has pages of discussion questions okay oh that's a an excerpt yeah it's got like three pages or four pages three four pages okay five anyways uh 20 questions for discussion in classes. Okay. Now, I would never hand this book to a bunch of 15 to 16 year olds and be like, read this. See, I disagree. I wouldn't because I've done I research mean, on suicide stuff and I, it's scary. But also, I wouldn't want to trigger anybody that's going through something like this. I guess that's a good point. I don't know that I would give it. But it's not even just me. 
Think about if a school board or uh, the parents of the students would allow their kids, especially we live in Texas right now. This shit's not hitting a fucking school. Not at all. I would I would do it in a college. I 100 percent would discuss this book in a college setting. I could see doing it as like, um, I know they don't technically do that kind of thing in like 1301. Mm-hmm. I could see doing it. Like in a base, like like a sophomore or yeah, a sophomore level like. Mm-hmm reading a lit class this would have been great for my young adult lit class better than some of the books that we were made to read don't get me started on the young adult lit class i'm just saying i i really like her don't get me wrong she's a nice lady i'm glad you do but dear god what was with all the uh, the straight white men all up at jesus yeah so it changed a little bit there was more i did uh, diversity in my I class did, but i did complain about it so i'm yeah. glad like that was taken into account because i did it's kind of funny kind of sad kind of scary kind of sketchy it's a really good book and i feel like kids could gain something from it but at the same time i also feel like kids may not gain some of the good things from it i will say that i know um there's a book called The Long Way Down mm-hmm. that I know some kids in a high school somewhere. <laughs> that, some random high school. That, are, that, that read that book. And it is about a boy who gets into an elevator. Mm-hmm. And each floor that he goes down, another ghost gets on because he is on his way down the elevator with a gun to go kill someone in revenge for them killing his brother. And he's had, I think it's like there's four brothers all together and he's the last one living. And it's all because they've been trying to get revenge on people that shot the brother. And it deals with um, the cycle of violence and where it ends and gangs and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, and the kids in this particular high school, they love the book. They love it. I feel like it would be um, very loved. I feel like it so, would resonate with a lot so of people. So I think that something like that would resonate with a lot of especially people. Especially in think, the LGBTQ community. But, but I, I feel think it's like also, it's iffy just because you're there's right, a, where, where we are is not. It's, it's got a lot of trigger points. It's not just about, it's not just a coming out story or learning how to deal with your own sexuality in a way that's right. tolerable. Yeah, we've got, we've got. We've got like mental weird. Mental health issues. Yeah. And There's also allusions to girls having eating disorders, bipolar, like, mm-hmm. you know, one of them you find out is uh, she's a heroin addict, so it's drug, drug abuse. That was one of the things that I wanted to say was a drug, uh, yeah, I think Trigger I did say it. Okay. Um, well, I best say, even if, if you didn't, we'll put it on, like, the little thing. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I think it, it's just a little much for a high school setting just because of all that it contains not that i think it's a bad book because i don't want it to come off that i do because i I feel like if you put it like senior year that would be more acceptable i think that like seniors i think yeah because they're older they can kind of i think that they could probably i wouldn't say sophomores no for sure um, so I said, good book. I read it in four years. It's first person. Main in four character. hours, she yes. means. Oh, Jesus Christ. I did mean four hours. I read it in four years. Four years. It just took me four years I to read I started at 9 p.m. and I ended at, like, 1 a.m. or some shit like that. She started at nine years old. <laughs> and I'm 34. It's been so long. It's been It's 84 been 84 years. years. 
Oh, I said uh, main character is a 15 year old boy, which I already said, it, and as such is whiny slash snarky slash sarcastic. As we all were. It moved pretty quickly with each chapter being a day. He's in the hospital. Um, and some of it can be uncomfortable, especially when he's explain, exploring his sexuality. But I think it hit, I think that's the point. It's meant to make you uncomfortable. But the question that I was like, like he even questions if he's being molested because he doesn't know. I feel like if anything that a young person could take away from this book is to know when it's like that it's okay to say no if yeah. you're uncomfortable or be like, hey, this is not. I I think that's it, it can be relatively common mm-hmm. to be in a situation where you're like, do I want this or I kind of want it, but I kind of don't. I kind of want to see how it is, but there should be communication ahead of time. Right? Yeah. And then but, am, you know, I, I want it to happen, but I don't want it to happen. And so is this. Is this some continuing without my consent or, you know, it, it's, I think relatively, probably, I think a pretty common thought that probably Mm -hmm. goes through people's heads. So I think that would be a great thing to take from that is that moment of figuring out, Hey, is this something that's not okay? Um, how should we fix it? So that way it can become a moment that is okay. Yeah. Um, and is this person going to respect my boundaries? Yeah. Or how do we deal with the situation where there isn't really communication or a conversation happening ahead of time. So like when I I just, in general, I think anybody that listens to this is going to be, you know, of the idea that, yeah, we know that there needs to be actual consent and not saying no does not mean yes. Absolutely not. So I feel like everybody here knows that, but I really do think that there is something to be gained from the book. I just, it has to be in the right setting, and where we are is not the right setting. This would not fly anywhere in a high school down here. <laughs> not, but I think I I just said I think I think <laughs> in like the north, which sounds really weird. In the north, it would fly more. Or you're because they're north versus south. <laughs> yeah, well, they're you know there's they're more open to some well, of the topics that yeah, are in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and. I'm not going to argue with Parents you. Parents aren't going to come out with pitchforks. Yeah, hey, you're not going to get an argument from me. I've also done a paper on banned books. So. I do a unit on banned books. Yes, I know you do. I think it's amazing. I did a... I bet you we can find 13, this one. We did 13 Reasons Why. I own that book. That's on my list. We're going to be talking about it. You should see if this one's on there. I'm sure it is. I can look it up. I mean, it's not on my unit, but I can but look it yeah, up. Yeah. Like, if you do another banned book... Well, we're going to do it again. Then but you should see if that's on there to add to it. Uh, I'm not buying any more books. They're just going to have to deal. <laughs> I, books. I spent way too much money last year. I know you did. Way too much. All right. They're fine with what we've got so far. They'll deal. They have so many options. I know. They're ridiculously spoiled children. <laughs> okay. And they just don't even know it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh... Well, we're 50 minutes in. Who let me go on for too far? That was me. I did. I did. Yeah, it's gonna be... A it's lot. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Alright, so I actually read, and this one's pretty popular, so I'm pretty sure I'm probably gonna get my head ripped off, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Is that... Is it Mass? Moss? Moss? Moss. I'm not sure. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, Hashtag Ecotar on TikTok. <laughs> That's right. Uh, as it turns out, I am in fact dyslexic. So we will be mispronouncing 
everything. It's hard to mix Thanks up. Thanks for M- coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> it's hard to mix up M-A-A-S. If she starts saying Sam, <laughs> then we've got a problem. Sorry, that was that was <laughs> insensitive. Anyway. <laughs> so, Court of Thorns and Roses. And I picked this up, by the way, because I saw it on TikTok and not in like where I originally saw it was a list of books that were Beauty and the Beast retellings. And I saw it on there. So I picked it up. Figured I'll read it. If I like it, I'll read the rest. And I have skipped, like, every freaking TikTok I've seen about it. So that way I do not spoil myself on nothing. Not a thing. You're better than I am. not allowed. Okay? Not allowed. So, I know it's out there. I know it's been out there. I know it is popular. But I have skipped, like I said, everything about it on TikTok. (laughs) And um, I don't really run in those kinds of circles on Tumblr. So, and as those are my only two forms of social media... We're going into this blind, all right? Mm-hmm. Blind. Well, I'm going to be less blind by the end of it because I still haven't, <laughs> I are. don't know anything about it. You are. Uh, well, let me go ahead and start off by it's written in first person. Mm-hmm. My favorite. <laughs> uh, however, this one, like I said last time, there was one that was coming up. This is the one that um, the first person didn't bother me as bad. At first, I was kind of like eye twitching, but... It, it gets better, mm-hmm. so. Uh, but it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling, absolutely. Um, and it kind of mixes a little bit of the original Beauty and the Beast. I say original. Original Beauty and the Beast and the Disney Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Um, in the original Beauty and the Beast, or an abridged version of it, because I, I suspect that either she has seen the Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater version of it with Susan Sarandon as Beauty, or she's read an abridged um, version because it's not quite as it doesn't follow along quite as much with the original original Beauty and the Beast. Um, which, by the way, for everybody out there, I have an obsession with. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiff here knows all about that. I've got, every time I get my hands on a retelling, I do. I've got Beauty and the Beast tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, the day know. I met her, she was carrying a Beauty and the Beast, uh, uh, what are they called, messenger bag, and had a Beauty and the Beast case on your phone. Yes. And yes. I'm pretty sure you were wearing a Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, Beast t-shirt. t-shirt, yes. <laughs> um, so, and I like the Disney version, but I also am a great fan of the original, original version of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, so, I believe it's more possibly Shelley Duvall's or even a bridged version. Because it doesn't quite follow along with the original, original. However, we start off with Feyre, which does mean beauty, we find out <laughs> later on. We find out, it's it's just mentioned in there. So, we've got Feyre, uh, and it's her living in, like, this little cottage with her dad and her two sisters. Alright, her dad used to be a merchant. Right? They used to come for money. Mom died, of course, because that's how these things work. Uh, By the way, this one is not YA. This is fantasy. And the fact that sometimes they put it in the YA section is kind of weird. Because, FYI, this one is spicy. Although, I will say, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. um, I don't know if it gets spicier as the series go on. But I would say that this particular book, The Spice is Mild. I want to see in your uh, notes from now on, if you get to spicy books, I want, like, a pepper score. Oh, okay. I can do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll start adding that. The yeah, pepper well, score? Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. I would have given this like a... Um, let's go ahead and go with two peppers. Two peppers. Maybe two five? peppers. Two peppers out of five? Yeah. Two okay. peppers out of five. It's... Mild. Mild. It's mild. However, definitely not YA. All right, let's just... Not even. Okay. It is an adult book. It is an adult book. And it is usually not in, like, Barnes & Noble in the YA section. All right. Oh, that's creepy. No, it's not. Oh, it is. It's not. But I've seen pictures oh, okay. where people have taken pictures of, say, like Target or Walmart, and it is in with the YA books. However, if you go to an actual bookstore, mm -hmm. they do not put it in the YA section for a reason. Okay. So, FYI. Because, yeah, we don't want to be selling 16-year-olds fairy smut yeah no no fairy smut for even people, if for, it's mild i mean if the 16 year olds go over to the fantasy section and pick up the fairy smut that's you know whatever but we're not going to advertise it as britain for 16 year olds yeah because it is in fact not but i digress let's get back to this we've got Feyre, right um and her dad who was a merchant mom's dead and then she's got her two sisters, and I, I am so going to pronounce their names wrong, and I'm so sorry. No, I don't have them written down. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Actually, I have one sister's name written down. Nesta? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but, and I was like, I mean, I'm telling you, the Akatar fans are going to skim me alive for this. <laughs> We've got Nesta, who is a stone-cold bitch, mm. all right? And let me just go ahead and say right now that I can relate <laughs> okay. And at first, like at the first of the book, I'm just kind of like, oh, she's just like, she's a stone cold bitch. And I get that. I'm also that. But it also seems like she's kind of, um, but it also seems like she's kind of a money hungry individual. But I mean, these people came from at least some sort of money mm -hmm. before they were left destitute, right? You find out later that Pharaoh's dad was a merchant. He sent out his three ships. Uh, because he was trying to work off debt that his family had had for a while. And if he sent off these three ships with everything he had in them, right, he'd get this really big return to trade and therefore be able to pay off all of his debts. Like, he took a really big gamble. Mm -hmm. And then those three ships were lost at sea. You know, Beauty and the Beast. As it happens. Yeah. I mean, like, this is this is typical Beauty and the Beast, right? Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing shocking, right? Mm. If you know Beauty and the Beast, you know it's coming. I know Beauty and the Beast. I saw it coming. Uh, and therefore, they lost their money. And then, like, some debt collectors come along and actually, like, smash up her dad's leg. So he's, like, limping and shit. So he's... <laughs> laugh at his plight. <laughs> Pretty much. He's a cripple now. <laughs> it's not so much... The cripple thing that's funny? I mean, cause, like, that's not even... They cobbled him. It's the its the way this man just seems to have, like, maybe died on the inside a little bit. And therefore... It seems to me like the dude incapable. just, like, had four black cats just walk in front of him all at once. Basically? And he was like, that can't be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. He's Send like, out all the ships. He, like, broke... A whole like room of mirrors and was like eh, no big deal yeah, i'll make more it's fine that that's this guy um and so he's got his three daughters and it's farah and uh nesta and um uh elaine 
maybe? Elaine? E-L-A-I-N or E-L-I-A-N? I don't know. So Elian or Elaine? Something like that. <laughs> Dyslexia! Uh, it doesn't matter because as far as I'm concerned, the I and the A like to play jump rope with each other. Um, so either way, not 100% sure. I'm oh, sure. Now I'm Googling it. Now now we're at the point where like the Actar fans just need to like send me an email and tell me how to pronounce it. Okay? To um, that email that we're uh, going to have eventually. Absolutely. Um, so we've got those three girls. E-L-A-I-N. Oh, Nesta. 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 Okay. I'm going to see if I can get a pronunciation for... For the other sister? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is helpful. So we've got... We've got Nesta. Elaine. 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 Okay. So I was close. Yeah. Right? Okay. So we've got... We've got Feyre. We've got Nesta. And we've got Elaine. Um, N- Feyre is actually the youngest of the family, okay. uh, just as Beauty was, of course. And she's out at the beginning of the book hunting for her family because her dad is... I heard something fully different than hunting. She is out at the beginning of the book hunting. Totally came into hunting. Yeah, she's hunting. <laughs> she's hunting for her family, okay? Hunting. hunting. Hunting, because her father, right, is has been crippled and is apparently not interested in going out and trying to, I don't know, push through pain or what, I don't know. He's got, like, zero interest in really trying to do much of anything other than making these little wood carvings and occasionally selling those. All of their money has run out. The only way they've got food now is for somebody who's going to have to go actually out and hunt in the woods and, like, kill things and bring them home to be skinned and actually cooked and eaten. Right. Um, and for some reason, the youngest is the one to do it. Um, other than the fact that, you know, Beauty was always the youngest and she was always the one taking care of the family. That's just the way it works. Uh, which, by the way, as I'm reading this book, I have to ask if this author, Miss Sarah, has seen Teen Wolf. Because this book came out in 2015, was published in 2015. Teen Wolf started in 2011. There's a character in here named Isaac Hale, which is interesting because Isaac Leahy is in Teen Wolf and he was at some point put into the Hale pack. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. And then she says stuff about Ashwood and I was like, girl, were we watching the same show? You ship what I ship? I just need to know. Subconsciously, it's just getting stuck into her books. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, we can talk. Are we... I just need to know. I just need to know. (laughs) Who's your favorite character? Right, 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 right. It's fine. So, like, me and her are going to be besties at some point. I don't know how, but it's going to work out. Okay. Um, maybe. Maybe, because I have some thoughts about her love interest as well, so I don't know. I don't know how she would feel. Uh, she may not want to be my bestie. I'm not sure any of us are surprised. <laughs> Probably not. No. No. You did I, warn us. I did. I did warn y'all. Yeah. Uh, I do have some nice things to say, though, about one character, so we'll we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. I promise. I promise I'll be nice about a man today. <laughs> I promise. Um... So there's, she's out hunting for her family, as I said. Sorry, I got completely sidetracked by the Teen Wolf thing. It, I like, fucking heard it again. It's okay. My entire life. Um, however, she's out hunting for her family. And you find out that she lives on one side of a wall, right? And that's where all the mortal realm lives. Mm-hmm. And the other side of the wall is the land of the Fae. Okay. Right? And that, like, that, like, uh, I don't want to say a thousand years ago, but, like, Way before this 
Biznatch was born. Okay. Uh-huh. Excuse me. She's not really a Biznatch, but yeah. it's three thirty-six. It, yeah. So she's kind of a Biznatch, <laughs> but she's not really. She seems like a nice enough lady. Anyway, way before Pharaoh was born, and um, there was a war between humans and the Fae, and whenever it ended, they ended up having to basically put that wall up, and all the Fae had been. Blocked off. Yeah, basically, they're blocked off behind that wall before their land stretched all the way out. The south part of, basically, the land is now to the mortals. Everything else is to the fae. Because at one point, they had human slaves and everything. Mm -hmm. Although, apparently, you find out later that it wasn't necessarily every fae that had human slaves. It was just certain ones. Some of them were fine with, like, freeing them and all of that good stuff. Yada, yada, yada. Civil War and Fae. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, but the wall thing, I was like, ooh, my girl Red Stardust? We building a wall. My girl Red Stardust. <laughs> it's Stardust. Which... I have not read, I'll, so I'll re- I don't get I'll the reference. I'll reread that. I'll probably reread that, and we'll probably talk about it here. But there's a wall separating the mortal realm from, like, a Fae-type realm... You know, I'm getting uh, I'm getting um, vibes from that movie I just watched. Spirited Away. Yes. Well, there's also some there's howls a tunnel. moving. <laughs> there's howls moving castle vibes up in this biznatch. That's oh, such a good. Look. I, oh my god! Like it's Chef's Kiss, beautiful. Like honestly, the I could hang out with her. On point. Yeah, I could hang out with her. These references are on point. We might have to argue a little bit about this man, but like, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, so she's out hunting, right? Mm-hmm. And she's got an ashwood arrow just in case. She finds this uh, doe, I think technically it is, whatever. I'm not an expert in fucking deer, which is hilarious considering where I come from. But I'm not an expert in deer, all right? <laughs> Neither any am more, I. They like to jump at cars. Any more than I'm an expert at romance, all right? Um, actually, I think I probably know a little bit more about romance than I do about deer. Um, so you've got the deer, and mm-hmm. as she finds it, this giant-ass wolf comes up. And she's like, shit, if it eats the deer, I'm screwed. My family's screwed. You could eat the wolf. Right. Well, okay, wolf. So, so she's like, so I've got, so I'm going to have to try to kill this wolf, kill the deer too. What if the wolf is a fae, right? Or a fairy. They call it a fairy. I have to call it a fae because that's just the way my brain works. Um, and she's like, in that case, it has to be with the ash arrow, but... If I don't get it and I don't kill it, because the, ash arrow, is the only, ash arrow is the only way to kill it, it'll kill me. Right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, I can do this. I got this in the zone. Right? <laughs> um, knocks the ash arrow. And right before, right, she, like, shoots it at it. Apparently it just kind of, like, looks at her and, like, lets it kill her, I guess. Like, you find out later, it, it definitely did. And it ends up going through the eye. It lets Ball. it kill it. It lets her kill it. Yeah, you said lets it kill her, and I was like... Whatever. Did the arrow just turn around? It's, it's, it's okay. It's 3.40 40 in the we're morning. Just, we're just going to keep doing we're this. We're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going. It's fine. Craziness. Um, but she ends up killing it, right? And she's not sure if it's a fairy or if it's a regular wolf, so she gets both the doe and the wolf. She cannot take the whole ass wolf back and the doe. Mm-hmm. So what she does is she just goes ahead and skins the wolf and takes the the pelt. The pelt. Because she's like, this will definitely get me some money. And then takes the doe. Goes back home. You get introduced to the sisters and the dad and all of that bullshit. 
she goes into the market and ends up selling the doe and the wolf to a mercenary who she talks to who tells her that the fairies are coming from the wall more often and attacking people and that it wasn't something that they were doing before and that it was really dangerous so you kind of find out a little bit of what's going on in the background information and she ends up kind of running off with her little paramour Isaac Hale um who is not important at all except for that his name is Isaac Hale and it's just driving me crazy <laughs> so she goes home later on and all of a sudden they're like doors burst in and there's this giant ass beast in her house like who killed him right like super freaking mad flipping his fucking shit right mm -hmm. does anybody else step forward like the dad and be like hey you know what definitely me let me take my daughter's place right because beauty and the beast the whole thing is like the dad picks the flower and the beast is like you have to send back you either you or one of your daughters has to come back in your place mm -hmm. and like the dad and beauty fight over who in the hell's going right yeah no mm-mm mm-mm Nope. He was that like, it was her. <laughs> no, he didn't say it was her. He was just like, we didn't kill anybody. We're not murderers. Everybody in the house is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Pharaoh's just like, it was me. I did it. I did it. I did it. I killed him. And he's like, okay, well, you know, it's a life for life. So I'm going to have to kill you. And she's like, can we, can we not do it in the house? <laughs> you know, can we maybe not spill blood inside the house where we can, like, traumatize my father and my sisters? Can we just maybe move this outside? And he's like, are you serious? Like, you killed a fae. Because she finds out it's a fae. Fairy, sorry. You killed a fairy, like, who was, like, minding their business, wasn't even doing anything, didn't even freaking provoke you. You just killed them because you hate them. And now you want to ask me a favor for how I kill you? Are you fucking kidding? Are you serious right now? You know, she's like, I just don't want them to have to clean up my blood. <laughs> she's just kind of like, she's like, Jesus Christ, dude, yes. Yes, just do it outside. Why would you make them watch? But what the hell? Right? In her head. Um, and he's like, okay, so here's the alternative. Either I can kill you, right? Or you come with me and you live in our realm for forever. Period. A life for a life. Technically, I am taking your life and making you come and live with me. Or stay in my land. Or stay in the fairy lands. Because technically, he tells her later, she doesn't have to stay with him. She just needs to stay in their land. On the period. side of the wall. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, you're in timeout. Period. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> uh, and so, like, she ends up taking him up on that. And, of course, the whole time she's plotting on how she's going to get home. Yeah. And they get to his really giant manner and then he was like in the form of a beast and he turns into this guy and he's got a mask permanently stuck on his face and then another guy comes in with a mask permanently stuck on his face and you find out <laughs> sorry i'm not doing dramatics <laughs> i love it it's great <laughs> so you find out that the guy the beast the guy that is supposed to be the beast from the beauty and the beast his name is tamlin i don't like to call him tamlin i call him tarpoon um, because his friend Lucian calls him Tam for short. Mm. And I'm not doing that because, like I said, I have problems with Tamlin. I do. And I don't like the guy. Not really. Um, we'll discuss that. So I can't call him Tam. It's just not happening. So instead I get to call him Tar. And that works better for me. So in my head, I call him Tarpoon. Um. Okay. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I love that. I don't like him. I, I I get so upset when the beast is not right. I do. I get really upset, and I 
I think that the thing about him is that it's sneaky. The messed up thing about him is, is it's, it's it's a sneaky messed up thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like not you're sure. saying something he did was sneaky and that's what makes him messed I'm up. I'm not sure that anybody else would necessarily look at it and get as upset as I did. I think. Yes, well, you are a special case generally. <laughs> I am. So, and I'll get into that. I'm sorry. I can't keep on getting derailed. But we've got we've got Tamlin and we've got Lucian, right? Um, and she's stuck in there, and the whole time she is trying to plot, and you've got her, like, coming to dinner every night, and all of that's going on, and she's going around the manor every so often and trying to learn about things and trying to figure out how she's going to get out, yada, yada, yada. Find out she can't read, she can't write, right? Illiterate, okay? And she's making kind of her own, like, little squiggles on a map, which is when, um... Tamlin finds out that she can't write. So, dude knows she can't write. He knows she can't read. FYI. Get back to that in a little bit. But she finds out from going on rides with Lucian around that there is a quote-unquote blight on the land. There's all of these really bad um, other fairies that are coming into their part because it's actually sanctioned out between the spring, summer, an autumn court, and then there's also the day, dawn, and night courts. And they all have their own little sections. But there's all these really bad fairies, like, invading their places, and they're not underneath the control of this high fae Tamlin, which you find out later he's actually, like, the high lord of the spring court. Like, he, like, the big kahuna motherfucker mm -hmm. of the spring court. Um... He's so just, like, all... casually going and being like, I want your life! Yes, exactly. Not sending someone else to do it. No, no, he He's just shows up himself. himself. Yeah, he just shows up himself. He's also the one, like, going and taking out all of, like, the little fairies coming in that are getting in the way and whatnot, the bad fairies, mm -hmm. um, because he's the only one capable of doing it. Because, of course, since he's a high lord, he's got special powers. He's the one that, you know, can transform. He's got immense power. Lucian is actually the son of the leader of the Autumn Court, but apparently the way that it works when they find out who becomes the next High Lord um, is that it's not going by, by birth order. So a lot of the times there'll be a lot of infighting and killing your brothers and shit. And once again, I am at the point where I'm like, ooh, Stardust. <laughs> uh, and he fell in love with just some commoner and wanted to marry that commoner. It doesn't say technically. I think, I don't think it says boy, boy or girl. I guess it could be a girl. I guess it could be a boy. I don't know. I don't remember that part. That wasn't important. <laughs> Falls in love with a commoner. His dad is like, no, absolutely not. So not happening. Um, and I believe has her killed or the brothers have her killed or something. I don't remember. Anyway, so he goes to Lush or he goes to Tamlin and is Tamlin's emissary because Lucian never wanted to be, like, high lord. So he was going around just kind of making friends with everybody in any court. Mm -hmm. um, so it worked out. But the point is, is you're finding out all of this. She knows there's some sort of curse, right, because these masks never come off their faces. They're stuck that way. Of course, the whole time she's trying to find a freaking way home. Uh, and he's trying to tell her because 
her mom made her prom- made her make a promise too. So to here take we care are, of her to sisters take care of her sisters and her and her father. So she's the trying, youngest one. Yeah, the youngest one. Let's let's text that yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are with the promises again of the dying mothers. <laughs> Why does this keep happening? Yeah, remind in books me I'm if I'm reading. dying not to make her make any, any promises. I will absolutely remind you. I'll be at your bedside. I'm gonna be like, don't, don't you fucking, fucking dare. Do her. Don't you fucking. They're gonna be like, be like, don't fucking listen to her. Don't She's crazy. Don't you fucking do it. Don't you fucking do it. <laughs> Because it seems to lead to problems. So the whole time she's trying to figure out how to get back. And they're like, hey, look, your family's fine. They're being taken care of. You fulfilled your promise because Tamlin's making sure that they've got money. Because the dad, of course, can't freaking work or won't work. Right? They think you've gone off to go live with some aunt who's dying. And they're getting money. They're going to be fine. Right? After being told this basically twice. Like twice she had to be told. Right? She finally kind of accepts that they've been taking care of her promises fulfilled. And she's like, what am I going to do with my life now? Um, which I think, because as I'm reading it, of course, he says it the first time around. And I'm like, okay, bitch, you fulfilled your promise. And she's still raring to go. And I've got to keep my promise. And I was like, fuck, bitch. Hello, I just said. <laughs> Did you not get that? Uh, and the second time around, then then she's like, um... Oh yeah, I guess I guess my promise is for and I'm like, bitch, I told you that. They told you that. This is where we've been, girl. You've been knowing. You've been knowing. <laughs> what? And, and I'm like, so is she stupid? But then I decided she's not stupid. I mean, I think she's stubborn as shit. And I think sometimes not exactly the brightest. I mean, she's working with what she's got. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But she is not like Hermione Granger levels of intelligence, which is okay. Yeah. Like, other people aren't. Like, right. we're just not. This is not how we roll. But she's not stupid. I think the problem is, is that she held on so long to the idea of only being worthy of something if she was useful that it was hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. And I can, I, really? I can get that. I get that. Yeah. So I was like, I'll, I'll give you a break, girl. I'll give you a break. I decided. <laughs> like, it matters. My decision has been made. <laughs> My decision has been made. As if it matters. As if it matters. As if it changes any of the outcome. Any of it. So then we get into, you know, Tamlin ends up getting her, like, beating up one of the bad things. And she kind of... Oh, bandaging the bandages arm. Bandages the arm. Yes, that whole and thing. Like, and she's no, like, shut up. There's not any roaring. But it's, it's, it's that moment. It's that <laughs> yeah. moment. And then... Uh, there's not any roaring. Shut the fuck up, any, There's not any roaring. There's just not. But it is. It's a whole bandaging moment. Um, once she decides that she accepts that she's not going to try and, like, run away again, he she ends up telling him that she likes painting. And so then it's like the the gallery gets opened for her like it's a oh. freaking library. It should of be course, a library. Well, she's illiterate. How's that going to work? Oh, that's right. She's illiterate. She's illiterate. She, she can't still read. fucking be in a library. She can't freaking read. Every woman should be gifted well, a library. Now, here is the thing. Okay. And maybe some reading lessons. We're going to get into that in a fucking minute. Okay. We're going to get into that in a fucking goddamn minute. Okay? Yes, I'm jumping ahead. Because I... I'm sitting over okay. here like... Oh. So we start kind of like... Being interested in him, and then all of a sudden we want to wear pretty dresses to dinner, and yada, yada, yada. At one point, there is this um, solstice celebration that they're doing, and he has to um, go to it, and he takes in, like, this godly spirit or whatever, and bullshit, bullshit, and basically has to find, quote-unquote, the maiden and, like, lie with her. What He's just having sex with her, whatever. 
and it comes to him like afterwards. Well, he didn't really explain what was happening to her. He just told her, go in the room, shut the room, don't come out. Um, which is like, dude, really? It's the worst thing to tell somebody stubborn. Yeah. Worst, worst freaking thing ever. And of course, by the way, the spell, you know, that has been put on him, he can't tell her like the specifics of it. But of course, all these people expect her to break it. And then they get mad at her when she doesn't like near the end. But anyway, going back. (laughs) So she goes in, right? And because this is this kind of festivity, of course, you know, fairies are going to be in there expecting to be able to get it on with other people, right? Mm -hmm. And she's a mortal woman in there and everybody knows it. So she kind of gets, like, she's got these guys basically kind of harassing her, these fairy guys. Fetishizing her humanness. Yeah, exactly. And this <coughs> is when someone shows up and is like, basically is like, there you are. I'm looking for you everywhere. Which was so Howl's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. So Howl's yeah, yeah, Moving yeah. Castle that I just died a little bit inside. I did a little squeal. <laughs> um, took a picture. Yeah, took a picture. Continued reading. <laughs> Then she turns around afterwards after these guys basically run away because they're like, oh, God. And they, like, freak out and run away because of this person that shows up. She turns around to look at him, and she's like, this is the most beautiful man I've ever seen. Not Tamlin. Not the Beast. No, Even no. though she was already feeling Although, on him? Oh, yeah. She was already feeling it. She was all, all into Tamlin by then because she's really jealous that he's going to end up, like, having sex with another woman. And she did say he was attractive. The most beautiful man she's ever seen. Turns out to be this guy with his dark hair and his blue eyes that are so blue they're almost violet. <laughs> Girl. Anyway, so he's like, So, what's the human doing here? What are you doing here? And she just starts lying. <laughs> like, you know, like a liar. And she's like, She's like, I came with some friends. They brought me. And he was like, Really? Where are those friends at? And she's like, They went to get refreshments. Apparently all the food was gone by then, so that was the wrong thing to say. And he's like, really? <laughs> she starts lying, you know, like <laughs> a liar. <laughs> but he, he escorts her back to where she came from and kind of like, you know, kind of goes off and leaves her. He's very amused by the whole situation, <laughs> obviously. That's when Lucian finds her, freaks out, takes her back to the house, tells her everything that's happening because freaking Tamlin never did. I like Lucian. He's not, like, I'm my favorite him. person. But he's but tolerable. I like, but, I, but I like that guy. There's there's nothing... I can't really say anything bad about that guy. Not really. Tamlin, I got other issues with. But she gets back to the house. She's in her room, and she's like, Ah, oh, damn. No, you know what? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not staying in this room. Again, of course, because we didn't learn our lesson the first time around. Because, you know, stubborn people. We we don't win those. <laughs> we don't do that. I love how um, you're taking... You're taking, uh... I, I, I have ownership for yeah, who I am. ownership, thank you. And I know who I am. So she goes downstairs for midnight sack. Because here's the other thing. By the time he told her to go up to her room and shut herself in a room, she'd missed dinner. So, of course, she's freaking hungry. All right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the whole Mrs. Potts, be our guest shit, okay? Yeah. Except for that she gets down there and she gets some food and he comes in. He's already banged the girl, the quote-unquote maiden, and he is mad because he could smell her down there, but he couldn't find her. And so he's like, he's like, you need to listen to me, better not disobey me again, blah, 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 Anyway, don't know why he thought he could talk. <laughs> High Lord, like that means some shit. Anyway. 
And he's all angry, and then he's all on top of her, biting her, all sexy and shit, and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I just fucked another woman. Yeah. Let me fuck you, too! Yeah, and she's, like, mad at him, but she's also like, yeah. But I'm okay with it. And then she decides, nope, I'm actually super mad, and kind of, like, pushes him away and just, like, (laughs) fuck off. And then goes back to her room. But, um... She is. And so she's got this, like, giant bruise. And the next day she goes down to breakfast and she, like, shows it off because she's like, let him look at what he did to me, that jerk face. <laughs> and Lucian's like, why do you have a giant bruise? What the crap? And she's like, why don't you ask that motherfucker over there? And he's like, you didn't do what I told you to. So, you know, whatever. I had you, whatever, you know? And then she was like, like, by the end of the little interaction while he's being an asshole to her, she's like, I knew that my Tamlin was back. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's just me. I would have been like, bitch, I was fucking hungry. (laughs) I will be be honest with you. Honestly, I think probably most people would only find, like, that moment maybe objectionable. Because for the rest of it, he seems like a relatively nice guy. You find out that, like, he's doing all this fighting to keep his people safe. And he doesn't... And he doesn't approve of any of the slavery of humans. And he became High Lord in the first place because his father and his brothers were killed. And his father was for slavery of humans. Um, All of that. So I'm sure that most people would find him to be quite a catch. Um, But not you, Monty. But not me. I have have my issues. (laughs) But the point is, is we end up falling in love, of course, right? And then... um, Not with the beautiful man, but with Tamlin? With Tamlin, but not with the beautiful man. Why did the beautiful man exist? (laughs) Oh, we're going to get into the beautiful man in a minute. (laughs) Okay. So, um, Tamlin. We fall in love with Tamlin, right? And then one morning we're at breakfast and everything. I think it was breakfast. Maybe it was dinner. I don't know. And everything's great. And then all of a sudden, like, Lucian and Tamlin are freaking out. And, by the way, the whole time she's heard about this mysterious her. And, like, everybody seems to be scared of her. But nobody will say who it is. Right? So they try to glamour her and, like, push her back. And she stands behind Lucian. And Lucian stands there. This is a very Twilight. Yes. That's so Twilight. Yes. Where it's like, Bella, take your hair down. Yes. Except for this is like a glamour, like she's, yeah. there's nothing to see. These are not the droids you are looking for. All right. Yeah. That's, that's what they try to do. So in walks the beautiful man whose name, and I'm probably mispronouncing this because I would say it's Reese and because when they shorten it, it's, I believe Reese because otherwise it would be rice, and that doesn't make any sense. So I believe it's resand. Um, resand. Oh, Good job! High five. Come yes, <laughs> me. So resand, absolutely gorgeous man, um, comes in and he's like playing basically like verbal sparring with Tamlin and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, threatening back and forth and basically laughing at Tamlin every chance he gets. And then he realizes because he starts to walk away. And he sees her goblet on the table, and then he's like, where's your guest? And he's like, and Tamlin's like, I've sent him away. And he turns around, like, basically breaks the glamour, makes eye contact with her, and is like, did you just try to glamour me? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, tell me who Reese is. Woo! 
Reese is, as it turns out, the uh, High Lord of the Night Court. I was going to guess Knight because, you know, Night he's dark. Court. Tall, yes. dark, and handsome. Yeah, and he comes out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, and he gives me, so I guess we'll get we'll get to that. Um, but this is when he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll see you under the mountain uh, soon with her. Okay, I'll see you then. That's all we get, basically. Kind of, like, goes off. And uh, you get, like, Tamlin starts kind of freaking out. And he's like, no, no, you've got to go. You need to go back to your home, to your family. And she's like, no, I don't want to go. And he's like, no, no, I need you to go. It's going to keep you safe. That shouldn't have happened. So he says, you've got to go home. This is this is dangerous. This should not have happened. I need you to be safe. I need you to go home. They have sex, um, and the sex scene is not necessarily badly written. I mean, sheathed is a word that is used, and I'm like, God, why? But this is where it gets, like, it's, like, spice or whatever, I guess. I'm like, "Mm, I read spicier stuff than this when I was, like, 12 years old. But, you know, it's not necessarily bad, and it's not necessarily badly written, so I'm not, I'm not going to harp on it. Mm -hmm. Um... And they, they have sex or whatever right before she leaves. And he ends up telling her he loves her like as she's falling asleep. And uh, she's not sure if she dreamed it. And he puts her in a carriage the next morning to send her off to go home. No, it's, maybe it's not the next morning. Maybe it's the morning after that. I don't remember. Sends her off to go home. Tells her he loves her. And she wants to tell him she loves him back. But she doesn't do it because she's worried that everything that he's got going on, right... He doesn't need that on his, on, mind. his, on his mind as well. So she just keeps it to herself. So she goes home. And she finds out her sister Nesta. Nesta has not believed Glamour at all the entire time. Strong will, strong mind. Like, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we get into the... I start getting to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand her. Because she took, like, her mother's death, which she blamed on her father, because her father had the ability to find a cure for her and didn't even try, according to her. Um, Her mother's death, and then the fact that her father lost all of their money and left them kind of destitute and scrambling, and the fact that he then refused to um, help make money, you know, and um, kind of turned that into anger and bitterness and, and just kind of hatred. And... You know, Pharaoh's like, well, you also just kind of let me work and and make money, and 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 took my money and and spent it, and she says, yeah, I did, but I always knew you could get us more, and honestly, I was willing to see whether or not he'd actually step up. And like he a did. challenge. And he yeah, did. yeah, yeah, because it really looking at Nesta, I'm like, yeah, that's that's who she is. She's here to stare you down and challenge you to just. Do what you're supposed do to do. Do what you're supposed to do. And she has no problem, like, blinking. Like, we are not going to blink. We are going to stare you down until you get your shit together. And if you don't get your shit together, you're going to perish. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I do. I mean, I'm sure other people probably don't forgive her. Um, but I'm like, mm, yeah, I can, I can get with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then uh, she starts, I don't remember exactly what it is that starts, makes her realize that she needs to go back and kind of check it out. But she does, um, and she knows that there's a war possibly coming to the mortals, so she tells her sister, Nesta, who's, you know, not glamoured, 
be prepared to get out of here and go. Mm-hmm. Right? And it breaks kind of the, and it ends up breaking the glamour on the rest of her family too. But she takes off, goes back to the wall, goes back to the court and finds one of the servants. And she's like, you stupid girl. You stupid, foolish, mortal girl, right? You only, he only had three days left. Three days left. If you told him you loved him, we wouldn't be here. The whole spell would have been broken. Because it turns out there is a big bad villain lady. Mm -hmm. I think it's Amaranth. I keep on calling her Amara because the first half of her name is Amara. Yeah. Um, And I watch too much Supernatural. So, (laughs) um, she's a big bad villain lady. She was a general for the king for a different Feyland, and she came over and um, basically tried to infiltrate the courts. And when she did, she ended up tricking them all into basically like letting her hold her, uh, like letting her get a hold of their powers. Okay. So she's got most of their powers leashed. Yeah, that's a biznatch. Amarantha. Amarantha, sorry, Amarantha, my bad. So she holds their powers leashed. Um, Her sister fell in love with a mortal who betrayed her and told all their secrets, and that's how the humans found out about the Ashwood in the first place in order to actually get a leg up on the fairies in the war. Mm -hmm. All of that happened. When she came to the courts to kind of infiltrate, she found Tamlin, and she was like, oh, hey, how you doing, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Tamlin's like, no. Mm-mm. Because apparently they've known each other for a while. He knows that she's into, like, the slavery of humans. And he's like, oh, God, no. no Not thanks. into it, yeah. Yeah. And this is where we get into where it's definitely a little bit more like the original Beauty and the Beast. Because that beast was, in fact, um, cursed because he said no to a fairy who wanted to marry him. And so it's kind of that. But there was also a comment made about her sister. Um, and so she got very angry. And so she cursed him. And he basically had like 49 years to find a human girl who willingly killed a fae who was doing nothing wrong with hate in her heart to come and live with him and fall in love with him and tell him that she loved him to break the curse. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a while, like at first he was sending out like basically people to get killed. Yeah. Um, Lambs for slaughter. And he stopped for a while because he was like, I just, I can't do this. Can't be killing my people. Um, and then he just got a bee in his bonnet, like, really close to time and sent out one last one, and it happened to be the one that Feyre killed. And so she's like, but now she's taken him under, to under the mountain, and we're all staying cursed like this. She's the blight on the land. She's the one that's controlling all these bad things and letting them come in. Um, she's got control of all the other courts. We're screwed. So handsome guy is also under, under her, her control. control. Yeah. That's why he was like, well, I guess I'll see you under the mountain or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, handsome guy. Reese. I like that guy. Anyway, so she's like, okay, well, how do I get under the mountain? And she's like, you don't, you dumbass. You go home. (laughs) She's like, no, 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 no. I love him. I'm going to go save him. And she's like, oh, my God. Okay, fine. Go through this tunnel, you dumbass. Right? (laughs) Sends her through it. She gets caught automatically. And, um, you know, Amara over there. And I'm going to call her Amara. That's just what it's going to be. That's fine. I yeah. called one of my characters Fred. That's not his name. Yeah. Amara over there is like, mm, what are you doing here, little girl? What are you doing? And she's like, I just came to tell him that I love him. And she thinks it's maybe, maybe it'll still break the curse. And it doesn't, of course. And she's like, <laughs> immoral? Yeah, okay. Y'all are fickle little things. You won't love him. Absolutely not. And she's like, can you believe this? Can you believe this, Tamlin? And Tamlin's like making no, no facial expressions whatsoever. And she's like, 
wait a minute. Didn't you tell me that that girl right there that is strung up in like in like a thousand pieces and apparently super grotesque, I don't know, it wasn't really super detailed, but they apparently tortured and killed another girl because she told Reese that her name was Claire mm. when it wasn't. Um, she was like, didn't you tell me that was the girl, Tamlin? Wasn't, wasn't that the girl? And he doesn't say anything. And she's like, Reese. And of course he's there and he's like, yeah. And she's like, you told me that was the girl. He's like, they all look the same to me. They're humans. How are they supposed to look different? How was I supposed to know? She told me her name was Claire. She was like, well, what's her name? Because by the way, Reese can get into your brain. Oh. That's one of his little... <laughs> That's why I was like, I was looking everywhere for you? Or, oh, there you are? Nah, I... We still I, don't know? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Other than he likes to be Howl, I don't know. Um, but it was there. I don't know if he just said it to make it seem like he was looking for her or what. But he apparently can just kind of like boop and like strip your mind and like really fuck around in there. Well, that would make sense since he has powers and he's, cause he's the yeah. Yeah. high court, yeah. whatever. And so that's one of his powers, mm-hmm. um, which is something that Tamlin doesn't have that I know of so far. Um, but it is something that, that Reese has and everybody calls him her whore, Amara's whore, um, because he's one of the ones that I quote, that quote unquote willingly works with her. I suppose, because there's some of them that willingly willingly work with her and some of them that um, had a rebellion. So uh, she's like, so what's her name? And he's like, I don't know. She lied to me. And she's like, you told me that was that girl. And he was like, yeah, all mortals look the same to me. And she's like, and Pharaoh's like, but he knew. He knew that was me. We met twice. He knew it was me in uh, the dining room. Yeah, passed through a glimmer. Like, like, he knew it was me, because after, you know, after he saw her through the glimmer, he was like, wait a minute, you were at that thing. Mm-hmm. So she's like, there's no way he didn't know that that wasn't me. But she tells, Amara tells her, she's like, okay, so here's the deal. I will give you a task. I will give you a task. Three tasks, right? One on each of the full moons. If you complete these, I'll let y'all go. And she's like, no, 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 you have to let us go and break the curse, Right? And let his people go. Like, those are the rules. Because Pharaoh's like, okay, you can't make a deal with the fairies. That's not a great idea. But my life depends on it. So I've got to do it. But I want to be very specific. And, and Mara's like, oh, yeah, sure, fine. That's fine. But I'll also throw in this juicy little deal where I'll give you a riddle. And if at any point in time during the during any of this, you can solve the riddle, I'll let you go home. Im- I'll let y'all all go home immediately. And Feyre gets stuck on the immediately part, but she can't figure out exactly what it is about it. So she's just like, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I'll take the deal. So then you got her there for, you know, three months doing menial tasks while she's, like, thrown in the dungeon. And she has to fight this giant-ass fucking worm for the first task and um, almost dies uh, on the way back because it got her arm. And um, Reese shows up in her cell and offers to... He offers to heal it for her, but in exchange for her coming to the night court for, they end up settling on a week once a month. And, um, she's like, fine. She ends up with like this tattoo on her arm. And then he starts coming to her room after that to pick her up every, or not he, but his servants do come to pick her up every night. And she ends up like tattooed and wearing like this chiffon thing. And he gives her like fairy wine. She's so drunk. She doesn't remember anything that's happening. But the pain on her body is so that if anybody else touches her, he knows. Right? But apparently she, like, dances. There's an Egyptian yes. pharaoh's wife that... Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a trick they used. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
she drinks wine apparently and dances and sits in his lap and doesn't remember any of it, which is kind of sketchy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing this. It is sketchy. Still love that guy. Anyway, moving on because I will say later on, I feel like the ends justify the means there with that one. And this keeps going on for a while. She ends up going through her all of her tasks and um, she wins. She ends up winning all of them because the last one is, is that she has to kill three fairies. And she's like sobbing, like so sad because the first one is like a young person and she's like, oh no, but like I need to be able to save not only... Tamlin and his people and like save them from this curse but Reese has already told her basically like you have got to do this he's already come to her room and basically told her that he has had her drunk on the wine and basically being kind of like all over him without him being inappropriate because apparently he's only been like touching her like waist and like maybe her arms because he's hoping that whenever she wins Tamlin will get his power back and then be so angry because of everything that is happening to Feyre that he will go ahead and just kill Amara and everyone will be free and um since he didn't do anything super inappropriate to her then you know Tamlin's not necessarily going to come after Reese. he may be pissed but he's not going to have any claim to actually like kill him yeah. because as you find out like Reese has basically been playing like both sides of the fence basically at one point they find out that there's a sentry from the um, summer court I guess not necessarily a sentry but a, a person from the summer court who ha was trying to run for the border and she's like go into his mind and tell me you know who else was a part of this what all is going on and Reese gets in there but you can see like Farrah's watching the leader of the summer court and he's like freaked out mm -hmm. and Reese is like mm, no he was all alone no co-conspirators he's just a coward and she's like hmm. Reese is giving me um what kind of vibes what kind it's of a vibes? vampire um which one hot one it's <laughs> <laughs> not helpful there's vampire a lot guys. of those Damon Damon yeah um Ugh. he reminds me of a different Damon um and I'll get into that but he, he reminds so me of a different Damon. He reminds me of a different Damon, but yes. Um, but <laughs> he says... Hot one. That's, that's well, not helpful. That's not helpful. Uh, he reminds me of a different Damon, but just as hot. Um, from an Anne Bishop book. But I'm going to talk about it. I am, I am, I am. So he says, hey, you know, it's just him. He's just being a coward. And she's like... She basically tells him to, like, torture, torture him by, like, screwing up his mind. And instead... Reese like just kind of like basically kills him through the brain and she's like that's not what I said to do and he's like apologies and she's just like oh Reese <laughs> but you can tell like it was a mercy killing <laughs> like Ferris like oh this was a mercy killing and it also obviously shows that like the the leader of the summer court was in on it and he's like relieved that Reese didn't like reveal that plan because there's no way that Reese didn't know there's no way he didn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. So you find out he's been playing this and he's been doing whatever it takes. He literally says, I'm a pragmatist. He's like, I, you know, I've been doing what I have to do in order to save my people. That's what matters to me, period. I'm going to save my people. Whatever it takes, whatever game I have to play, whatever I have to do, I'm going to do it. And me, I'm like, oh God. It's a little less my Damon because my Damon is just like, I'm selfish. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. Yes, but yeah, no, that's yes. hot. Like, um, take me. I'm yours. Yeah, yeah. I love the guy. No, I, I want to read this book. I love him. Um, literally 
worshiping him ground that this man walks on. If this man was real, <laughs> um, I might actually have to take away my stance on marriage and not being interested in people. I don't know. Love, love the guy. Um, but he is. He's very much like, I'm just going to do what I have to do. I've been playing both sides. I've been doing what I have to in order to save my people. But at the same time, try and help along this rebellion, basically. Mm-hmm. And he says, so when you finish this one, right, we, we need it to be done. We need it to be done. So you've got to do whatever this is, this last task, you have to do it, period. And so she's up there, and he kind of, he can talk to her in, in her mind, because they're connected through the tattoo, I assume. Because uh, that's when he starts talking to her in her brain after that. Um, and she... It's a very young fairy, and she's she's very sad about having to kill them. But, you know, Reese is like, do it. Do it. And so she does. And the second woman basically is, like, kind of basically kind of gives her permission. Like, she's praying and she's sad, but she understands that this has to be done and that it, it'll be a mercy. Because if she doesn't kill them, who knows what Mara's going to have done to them, mm-hmm. right? She kills that one. Third one comes up. Tarpoon underneath there. <laughs> I forgot his name was Tamlin for a minute. Tarpoon <laughs> is underneath there. Tamlin is underneath there. And the one on the actual throne is actually glamorous, glamorous, it turns out. So, and then she's like, oh no, I can't do this. And she's like freaking out. But then she starts to remember like conversations with him about his heart of stone, his heart of stone, his heart of stone, yada, yada, yada. Apparently, I guess when they took the powers, it turns their hearts to stone or whatever. So Mara knew right that technically she couldn't kill Tamlin because Amara still wants him as her paramour uh I don't know why I keep saying paramour but I do so here we are (laughs) um so she's not gonna let him actually die but at the same time she doesn't think that Pharaoh will actually do it so Pharaoh goes ahead and just stabs him anyway because she knows and it comes brings the knife back out and it's dented Amara's pissed and she's like "Mm -mm, mm -mm." you know what yeah I'll send him home but I didn't say when I was gonna send them home that wasn't specified hmm so guess what? While you're here, I'm going to kill you. And then she decides she's just going to kill Farah. And then, like, uh, uh... Is Farah? Sorry. Is Farah then... like, ooh, riddle. <laughs> no. Yes, Because you specified immediately. Yeah, but this entire time, for three months, she's been trying to figure it out. For three freaking months, she's been trying to figure it out. And as she's, like, being murdered, that's when she's like, oh, it's love. The answer is love. And the whole time, uh... Uh, Reese is trying to save her and help her, and Tamlin's like crawling on the ground to get to her because he's like bleeding. He's been stabbed. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're all trying to help her, and she ends up basically, she's basically laying there dead. And then she can see everything that's happening from Reese's point of view because it kind of pulls her soul in so she can see it. And um, it's at that moment when she says, Love. Tamlin's curse breaks. He turns into a giant freaking ooh goosebumps. Goosebumps. He turns into a giant freaking beast. Goes in there, just boom, boom, boom. Rips her throat out. Mara's dead. But now, of course, we've got like also Pharaoh, like Pharaoh. <laughs> like lying on the ground, like dying. And he goes over and he's holding her. So all of the lords from every court, a court comes along and kind of like passes a thing to her, and then. Reese comes by and gives, like, her soul or whatever. And it turns her into the high fae. Mm-hmm. She becomes one of the high fae. And, of course, she goes off to go live with Tamlin. She has one, like, last time to talk to Reese. And he's just kind of like, oh, well, we'll see you, you know, at the night court. And she's like, 
because they had a discussion at one point about the shape-shifting and like Tamlin's like this giant beast or whatever and she's like do you do shape-shifting too and he's like yeah but I prefer wings so he got like he gets like wings and talons but I guess nobody else saw the wings because she makes a comment about it and he says something about everything I love has been taken from me so I don't really tell people about the wings and I'm like okay cool I'm just gonna cry it's fine <laughs> you're only making my head of me it's okay it's fine um and I'm sure that other people are like Tamlin's great he's sweet it's awesome because the whole book ends with her going home with Tamlin and whatever I if I swear to god I the only reason like I well I guess not the only reason but one of the reasons that I really want to read this book is that she's gotta go see Reese once a week. You're going to see him some more. Yes. And I'm like, dear God, can we, like, have him? Like, does, does he get a love interest? Like, can I be the love interest? Like, <laughs> what? I, I don't care about Tamlin at all. Like, I would think, I'm sure that other people are probably like, it's really romantic. He's really sweet. He wants to take care of her because he makes comments about, like, nobody's ever taken care of you. Yada, yada, yada. But here's my problem with Tamlin. One problem and one problem only. And it's enough of a red flag for me to be like, no. <laughs> he knows she cannot write. He knows she cannot read. She is with him sometime between winter all the way to summer. All right? That's a good portion of time. Mm -hmm. We could have at some point, right, started reading lessons with him, with a tutor, whatever made her comfortable. He never once suggests it. He suggests he write a letter for her. He, he actually reads poetry to her that he wrote. But never once does he suggest her actually learning to read. In the second task that she has to do, she almost dies because she cannot read. Because she has to read a riddle and then pull a lever. Her and Lucian both almost die because of it. The only reason she survives is because... Does Reese, Reese read it to her in her head? No. Reese cheats and every time her arm goes to the wrong one, it starts to burn because it's the one with the tattoo on it. Oh. <laughs> now, like this is when Reese finds out that she can't read. And he makes the comment about her coming that one one day week and says and he says to her he goes he says you know he makes a joke about her learning to him making her learn how to read on that time frame that's what we're supposed to do tamlin has never once mentioned teaching her or finding her a teacher or anything like that and to me that is a red fucking flag mm -hmm. because the one thing one thing that reading will give you that i don't care what anybody says is it will give you knowledge how is she supposed to know that the things that are on that paper say what they say that they do? Mm -hmm. Now, she has, like, a couple of words that she can read, so she'll be able to do probably a little bit. She'll be able to fact check. But she relies more heavily on him if she can't read and she can't write and he can. Mm -hmm. That's a service that he can now provide to her, and it also keeps her ignorant in some ways. And I hate to say that because I know that seems to be something that she's very um, insecure about. And... I don't think she's necessarily ignorant. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's the smartest bitch on the planet, but I don't think she's necessarily ignorant either. Mm -hmm. But it is a way for him and a way to keep her ignorant and keep her reliant on him. And that gives me bad vibes. Yeah. I don't like it. It gives me the ick. And therefore, I don't care. I understand that probably, like, my issue with Tamlin is not that he is blonde, although he is blonde. <sighs> And that kind of like, mm, why is Lemon respond? Why do we need one of those? But I could have forgiven it if he would have taught her to read. In the meantime, Reese is just kind of like, eh, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll make you read. Maybe I'll make you learn how to read. And I'm like, hello? <laughs> hello? See, here is this thing, okay, mm -hmm. is that Sarah here. 
And I'm going to call her Sarah. Because we're besties now. Because we're besties now. Sarah here. Racking up besties with the right. same names. Yeah. Sarah. I, I do that. <laughs> I do that. It's my favorite thing to do. I like to collect Sarah's and Tiffany's. It's my favorite. <laughs> Sarah here um, has definitely stepped into a certain role when writing men um, that J.R. Ward does and Ann Bishop does. These are dangerous men, right? Because they're very powerful men. Mm-hmm. Um, they're... Fairies, just the same as Ward has the vampires, vampires. and Bishop writes um, witches. And these are very powerful men. Um, and Anne Bishop specifically has a character, Damon, um, mm-hmm. very cruel, capable of great cruelty, and will absolutely tear apart anyone, um, tear apart their mind, tear apart the body, d- like, doesn't matter, will completely eviscerate a motherfucker if they cross him, Right. And especially if there's someone who is taking advantage of somebody else. However, he also has pledged himself to one woman and will, like, literally protect that woman at all costs and would never hurt her, period. So it's also like Damon. Only Damon's like, I'm selfish and he'll just kill people because he's yeah. having a fucking bad day. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, this Damon might do that. But he's also <laughs> he's also the kind of guy that is like Reese, where he plays the game. Um and is very good at, like, the courtly manners type thing. And so the whole time, those are the vibes I'm getting. I'm getting Anne Bishop vibes from Reese. Also plays the game, but kind of makes it my game. Yes. <laughs> he, like, sets the pawns, generally. Yes. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Just, anyway. oh, but he's the, hot. <laughs> the thing is that when you do these, these cruel, right, mm-hmm. kind of very powerful men... And the way that you write them when it comes to their love interests. You have to do it a certain way or else it comes off abusive. Mm-hmm. And otherwise they're not, like, I don't know, they're just not attractive. And Ann Bishop does it beautifully. J.R. Ward does it beautifully. If I'd only known Tamlin, I would say that Sarah was a little off. But having met Reese, girl knows how to write. Mm-hmm. That man, she knows how to, like, walk that line. Because he is that man. He is that guy. So I'm wondering what's happening with Tarpoon over here. Because that is a... I'm sorry, just to me, and I mean, I might be crazy, okay? I I might be crazy. Maybe he'll be fine. Maybe Tar will be great. Maybe he'll be, like, the love of her life and it'll be awesome and they'll be together forever or whatever and have, like, beautiful babies. I don't know. Well, she's definitely going to learn how to read through, uh... Through Reese. Through Reese. Thank God. I almost said... But... But the fact that he's never once been interested in teaching her how to read, just... It gives me the ick. It gives me the bad vibes. This is where I throw up the red flag, and I'm like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. I do feel like... there's something rotten in Denmark, and I... Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe (laughs) I'm crazy. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe he'll turn out to be fine. Maybe I'm just asking too much, but I don't feel like I am. I don't think you are, but at the same time, dude's going through some shit. He's a little selfish right now. But that's the thing. If you read it, like, that is, like, his whole MO is that he's not selfish. Oh. If you, when you read it, like, literally everybody is always talking about all the stuff that he's willing to do for his people, and he hadn't sent out all those, uh other fairies to find someone to like kill them because he didn't want his people to die Mm -hmm. and that he never wanted to be high lord in the first place he just ended up being high lord but that is 
that his that's his whole thing that they keep trying to tell her he's more like he's not really disney's beast mm -hmm. um i mean there's a little bit of an anger issue there of course but you know it happens um but he is not i would not say I, honestly i would not describe that man as selfish even though I do not like him. I would not say that selfish is the word that I would use for that. That's interesting. I mean, I would say going through some shit for sure. Yeah. But selfish is not the word I would use. But I'm having some, like, red flag moments. And maybe, maybe I'm crazy. You know, maybe what do I know? What do I know? Maybe, maybe it'll all be great. Maybe it'll all work out with them. Or maybe it'll turn out to be a complete fucking psycho. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, I would have preferred the Beast guy to be Reese. <laughs> I love him. That's all I'm saying is I love Reese. <laughs> if he was real. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I didn't interrupt too much because I was kind of just enthralled in the story. Um, not going to lie. Also, very tired. But um, I now want to read the book, even though you have literally told me it from beginning to end. But now I'm like. I'll let you borrow it. I think yeah, just leave it here. I'll read it in the next couple of days. Yeah. We're, we're ahead on podcasts. Yeah, that'd be so. fine. Oh, so. I've been wanting to read it, so. Yeah. Um, this is a pretty long, pretty long episode. Yeah. Oh, recommendations. That's what I was going to ask. Are we recommending to read it? Oh, yeah. You know what? I recommend my book 100%. Uh, as long as you can get past the trigger warnings or with the trigger warnings, you can prepare yourself. It is pretty heavy in content, but very good. How many stars? Um, I feel like I'm going to give it a four, a four star because, uh, although I love young adult literature, it's, it's my genre of choice. Um, my like pigeonhole is dystopian. Yes. And it is not dystopian. So I can't give it a five star because it doesn't hit all of it my It doesn't notches. hit all of them. But it is a very good book. And I think a four star is, uh. Fair. Yeah. Fair. It's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'd say go ahead and read mine, for sure. I'm going to give it three out of five, uh, mainly because, you know, the love interest should have been Reese. It just should have been Reese. But also, I got to see, like, there was so much Howell, like, and Bishop vibes going on from this man. Uh, and I can't wait to get the rest of the series and basically just hopefully get to have more of him because, honestly, I don't care about tarpoon at all <laughs> i just don't and favorite favorite's not bad she's not bad as a as a main character um i think i would definitely relate more to her sister but i don't have any problems with Feyre. i mean occasionally to find myself calling her a dumbass and that was not fair of me uh i will not lie i i should take some of that back and i did get really irritated at people for calling her stupid because she didn't break this curse like she was supposed to fucking know how fucking assholes or that it so was going on yes yeah, so, i mean like she knew there was something going on but but not like just, details yeah i just kind of wanted to beat up people for her basically <laughs> and so therefore you know i i obviously liked her yeah yeah <laughs> okay um so two good books this week pretty in-depth discussion about them i think um i think we went a little yeah we went deep yeah yeah apparently but, we take longer when we like the books i'm yeah. realizing there's like i don't give a shit about the details in the books that aren't good yeah because they, they're care. convoluted but these ones i thought i thought i thought were really um well written I agree. um I agree. really good stories easy to follow 
you know. Um, so yeah, definitely give them a check. If you feel so inclined, give them a check. Check them out if you feel so inclined. Um, if you feel like you don't need to anymore because we have thoroughly uh, dressed them down. Also that that works. Keep keep coming back. I mean, we're here to dress down books. That's what we, we do. Um, we love you all. Thank you for stopping in and listening to us just chatter away at you for hours. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye.